Hello everyone, this is Bhupender Singh and I hope you are all doing well. I'm simply blissed out as I bring a series of these podcasts which are actually my live conversations on Wisdom app. I wanted to pass on the learnings the coming together of beautiful minds with different backgrounds, with different experiences from different parts of the world. If you are seeking happiness, if you are seeking to add value to your life and also in the community you live in and also to this world, you have come to the right place. You don't want to miss series of these podcasts. There are golden nuggets in here. Nuggets of wisdom. Enjoy this episode and don't forget to listen to other episodes. Happy listening. Good morning, dear friends. This is Bhupender Singh, and I have a short talk this morning, and the talk is called The Boxed Man. Yes, the man in the box. So this is a story of a boxed man. And now, when I use the word man, it essentially means it could be a male or a female. Um, so what is today's man? Today's man lives in a box called a house. And within that box called a house, there are other boxes. The living room, the bedroom, the kitchen, and so on. And this boxed man gets into a box on the wheels called a car. And this moving box called a car takes him into a bigger box called work. The tall tower, the tall building. And within the box of work, this boxed man has another box, which is called the office. Or this man could be going to a school, if not to work. But still, this box man goes into a box called the college. And within that box, there is a box called the classroom. So when this man leaves work in the evening, he gets back to in, into his box, which has four wheels called the car, and then stops on his way, say at a grocery store or for shopping, shopping. So he stops in another box. He goes into this box called the grocery store. He picks up his stuff. He comes out. Or he goes to a shopping mall, another big box. And within that, there are smaller boxes called the different shops. 
So he shops at the box and he comes out. <clears throat> Excuse me, let me clear my throat. <clears throat> then this box man gets home, which is another box, and maybe he goes to another box for dinner, which is called the restaurant. So the point here is, we have boxed ourselves physically, and we have disconnected ourselves from what is called nature, the infinite universe. And when we are disconnected from our essence, from our true self, we lose the very true nature of who we are. The box here is our limitation. The box is symbolic of a limited mind. So we physically have boxed ourselves because we have boxed our thoughts into what we call beliefs. We are boxed physically. We have disconnected from nature. Nature means our true self, where there are no limits. This universe is infinite. Science still does not know where does the universe start and where it ends? So we as boxed men, maybe out of fear, have created these boxes. And what are the boxes of the mind? It's called the mindset. If I go to college, like I did, and I have a degree in engineering, so what is my mindset? That of an engineer. So I've started thinking like an engineer. But before I got the degree, I had a different mindset. But I boxed myself to only think like an engineer. And we have all different mindsets. No matter what mindset you have, always remember, it is limited. It is the programming of the mind where limits have been created. And I do see a guest here, so I'm going to welcome them here. So one, two, three, here we go. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And you? I'm doing very well. You know. Yeah, that's a nice uh, way to put it. Boxed. Yeah, go a little deeper because if we go to the ancients, they said that's the purpose. The purpose of uh, turning around, turning inward and find out who we really are that is beyond this thought body-mind structure. So that conscious being 
is really us. And once you are in touch with that, you are in touch with the universe. That is a natural thing in everybody, the life force. So absolutely. Otherwise, you are only confined in the box of making a living and being a limited person and not really knowing who unlimited you are. You are the universe and that is the purpose of the entire yoga. The so hum, they call it. Aham is me and so is the universal conscious being. When you discover that, then you are unlimited. Absolutely. Nice way to put the box in, Vapendra. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I, I want to make sure I pronounce your name correctly. Hanumantha? Yeah, but the name is Rao, Rao Koloso. Yeah. Rao? Yeah, everybody okay. knows Rao. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Rao. So what you said is profound. And I think we need to unpack it for the audience yeah. because essentially we are saying uh, you like it or you don't like it, but we mm -hmm. have boxed, boxed ourselves. Yes. And when I say nature, nature, returning to our natural state, my friend Rao is saying our natural state is not in this box. Our natural state is consciousness. Yes. And now it's a question, how do we understand consciousness? And what I say, Mr. Rao, is I might not have realized I'm consciousness, which is okay, right? But yeah. at least let's create that possibility. Let's explore that. Yes. Otherwise, See, sorry, go ahead. The whole struggle, if it had been only surviving, procreating and living, that is kind of uh, limited to our lower self, which is like a, uh, coming from the animals. But human beings are not just that. They are intelligent, pulsating, conscious being. The consciousness is, uh, otherwise you put it, awareness is like kind of, you are aware of everything else except yourself. And then uh, you go after the external things, but you intuitively feel who you are. You immediately know uh, by instinct that there's something else that is having these thoughts, that is having the seeing experience or hearing experience. So just to calming down and then you can feel for yourself you are something more than your thoughts, your emotions, your personality, your ego. This is very uh, profound because it reduces uh, us to, uh, you know, either suffering or not suffering. If you are just this uh, body-mind complex, then you are suffering, your mind is the suffering. Once you purify that, you kind of transcend the suffering. Not that suffering won't be there, but you won't be affected by it. So stationary ourselves in that conscious being has profound, not only health, but also life experiences, fear of death will go, and fear of suffering in the future will go because you are here and now. So very profound if you really, even to turn for that for a few seconds a day, and just uh, focus your thoughts and see where they are coming from, and stay in that source of the sounds coming from, and then you know the silence. Even if you are silent for a few seconds a day, that has profound effects on us. So your boxed, unlimited uh, 
um, you know, not box, unboxed, unlimited self really overcomes the boxed mindset you are talking about and you come out of it. Beautifully said, Mr. Rao. And uh, may I ask you, are, are you a um, uh, um, are you a doctor by profession? Yeah, I'm a doctor, internal medicine doctor. Internal medicine. So, so this is profound when a doctor is telling us that we are more than this physical body and more than this mind body. And a doctor who has studied fully this physical body, and he's a doctor of internal medicine. It makes a lot of sense. And this doctor is telling us there's a bigger cause of suffering. And he can take care of our physical body. But there's a mind body, and in which the mind body is our one conscious body or consciousness. And the other part is, we are conscious beings. And we are conscious of everything other than who we are. And until we don't become conscious of that we are consciousness, we will be stuck in the cycle of pain and suffering. So I, I just try to rephrase what you're saying yeah. Uh, 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 Mr. Rao, I just want everyone to hear that. And yeah. I was born in India. I was raised in India. Uh, first 20 years of my life. Then I have spent the rest of the time here in North America. And I'll tell people, the East did research which was going inwards. Yes. Whereas the West, all the research is going outwards. But now the very place where all this research was done, they have got disconnected to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I see the cycle shifting. What the West has already experimented with, the East is moving in that direction. And maybe, maybe we can learn from the West. It is like that fish. They actually went all the, all the way and hit a dead end. So yeah. when it, when I say the dead end, and this is a wake-up call, we can save ourselves, especially in the Eastern Hemisphere, and connect to our roots, to the research that has been done for so long. So long. And for me, Dr. Rao, that was my connection. After 18 years, I traveled India like backpacking. Yeah. And I'm like, everything was here, not physically. That's something I was seeking in the Western world. It was not outside of me. It was actually inside of me. Exactly. Exactly. See, I am also born in India, stayed there up to 25 years. And after graduation of uh, my MBBS, I came here and energy states. I have been here, practiced all these party some years. Uh, I have a very healthy respect for the modern medicine but also the ancient uh, wisdom too. So I'm kind yes. of now combining both because, as you said, happiness, the contentment that is within us. And once you, that they call Satchitanand, like a blissful yes. conscious being, once you are there, the external pressures that people are driving us to really lose their value in the sense you are blissful. You know, that's a wonderful thing. And that is actually the highest healthy state because in that state, you don't have the movement of that unnecessarily. 
you don't have compulsive thinking you don't have mm-hmm. conscious thinking so thought has its role and thought plays its part it is a good servant not a master but once you think thought is everything then it could be the master it will drive you so turning outward with the senses and intellect like we do in the west or now in the in india also is not the solution for us to be coming together or being happy either but turning inward with intuition feeling really uh, experiencing it that's where the ancient indians uh, really exploded in the field of consciousness this was actually a lot of western thinkers uh, deep thinkers they do value uh, upanishads very hard uh, even thomas is a writer he wrote about uh, um, this uh, bliss being consciousness and he he states it should be not before christ and after christ it should be before upanishads after upanishads and the german uh, robert schottenheimer he was the one who was saying upanishads are solace of my uh, life now we don't have to be hindu for that because when they really had this profound truth there was oh oh sorry we lost uh, dr rao there um so so dr rao you're more than welcome to come back but there is another guest here uh i wanted uh, others to hear your thoughts especially from a doctor of internal medicine who's saying that w- until we don't realize who we are until we, we don't go inwards we cannot be happy beings we will we, we will struggle in in this phenomenon and that's what he's pointing out to so this is very profound what uh, dr rao shared with us just now and hopefully he comes back and good morning uh, judy is that uh, you pronounce your name can you hear me hello oh hi there I'm so sorry my mic was not open <laughs> no problem and honestly i was waiting for dr rao to come back i thought he would jump Uh-oh. back in so sorry i oh, so wish this ha- this app had three chairs because i was just like totally zoning out listening to him because he's so spot on yes yes well, he he will be back he's in the queue um but uh what's on your mind what's your oh. thought I just love listening to you guys. I love listening to this whole other idea of and I think that Dr. Rao just shared it too and it was so powerful when he said like we're all so aware of everything around us except who we are and except who we're being. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's the determining factor of how we experience this world is by who we're being, not by everyone else around us. Yes. Yes, we we might live in the same house two people but they could be in totally two different worlds because we create our reality as this mind as these thoughts and we are not this mind we are not this box because that mind is still a mindset and that's why i say if you leave two people together for 24 hours they cannot get along 24/7 because we live in different worlds we have different mindsets small things will start irritating us 
Absolutely. And I, I love this too. Yesterday I had a speaking engagement and I was um, creating awareness for people around the idea of oftentimes people believe that their external world is what creates their internal state. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to create awareness because I'm, I speak a lot and I'm really big on not telling people anything. I think it's really more powerful when people have that aha for themselves, mm-hmm. um, for themselves. And so we were talking about like when people start to realize it's the internal, it's our internal perspective, our internal awareness, our unconscious processing that creates what we see in the external world. And until we realize that, and I think that's kind of what you guys were just jamming out about, was about consciousness. Like, how conscious are you of how your perspective is being built? Yes. And when we start to step away from the whole, like, he makes me so mad, or she's so frustrating, Mm -hmm. versus saying, I'm allowing myself to get fired up over what this person's perspective is, versus saying, I I don't care how that person feels. I'm not going to allow them to um, adjust my internal feelings or my internal state. And I think that's really powerful when you get to a place in your life when you're that conscious. And I don't even want to say it's about control. I think it's about um, equanimity. And I think it's about a global perspective because the more you're conscious, the more that you are intentionally choosing that state the better world you create for everyone around you. Yes. So, so what you're saying here is profound. So you are saying we all have the freedom to choose the world we want to live in. Yes. And what the question is, if we all have this freedom of thought to choose the thoughts that serve me, why I'm not choosing the thoughts of the highest value, why I'm not creating the world I'm seeking. Usually because you're, people are not conscious enough to realize it's in their control. And this ties in a whole nother, I feel like I always bring these two worlds together and it's like my life's work, but the whole other piece of this conversation that's missing is like the law of vibration. And the scales of consciousness, right? So if we dive into like Dr. David Hawkins' work and we understand whoever we're being is also what we're attracting. And I share this with people and say, like, if you were to go take a bath right now, there's zero chance you could say, oh, I just want water in the back of the bathtub, not in the front, right? Like water Mm -hmm. self levels. Mm -hmm. So does energy. Yes. So when I'm allowing myself to get all fired up and crazy, I've just lowered my vibration and I'm now I'm now advertising and broadcasting anything else in that field, I'm welcoming it into my world. Versus rising into or intentionally choosing a higher vibration and saying, "You know what? I'm not going to let that person phase me because then it will affect my energy or then I'll allow it to affect my energy." which then changes how I show up in the world. And I'm saying that in a space of the higher level of energy or state of consciousness, whatever words we're choosing, right? Like the higher my vibration, the more I'm putting that back into the world and I'm inviting that in the world. And so I feel like I know that's like really deep, but it's really, 
powerful when we recognize the power that we have as humans. And we're all set on this default setting that it's everybody else's fault. And or it's not until X happens that I'm allowed to be happy. Reactionary beings. Yes. So, so what you're saying is profound, and, and I'm just going to rephrase this, sort of reiterate this, so it's louder for everyone to hear. So it's not only me saying that. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Rao said it. Jody is saying the same thing, and they're saying it from their experience, that we all have the freedom. We all have the power. No, no matter what you're thinking about yourself right now, but we all are saying we have the freedom to choose. Choose the thoughts that serve me and also serve others. I don't have to wait for anyone to tell me that. I don't need permission from someone else. I have to allow myself. We are worthy of creating the world of happiness for us, no matter what is happening outside of us. We don't have to wait for someone else to create that happiness for us. And if you're hearing this, you can hear this, you have that potential. You've got to believe yourself instead of being interdependent upon someone or something to be happy. You are the source. My friends, you are what you're seeking. Just pause. Stop here for a moment. means in terms of the mind, just pause just process this thought and you will receive the answer. So, so you are actually raising the vibration of this space, of this talk. And this is what happened when we come together. We are vibrating at a higher frequency, means we are unboxing ourselves. All the limitations are being removed. And outside the box, we are all connected. Yes, because truly, if you think about it, the box really just represents fear, right? Like, hey, I need yes. you to stay in this box because I can then control it. Mm -hmm. And understanding, too, I was going to dive into that packet a little bit is for people, I feel like sometimes we talk about this and we're so fluent in this language, we forget other people aren't. And yes. so I'm just throwing this out there for people. If people feel stuck or they're reactionary to the world around them, pause, like take a pause in that space and say, what is it about this person that is lighting me up? Or what is it about this person that is frustrating for my energy? Because odds are really high. There's a pattern that somebody else created, not this person in front of you. And the pattern's just being triggered by this new energy. It's an old pattern. that, And so oftentimes people say, well, so-and-so just pushes my buttons, right? And I say, mm -hmm. well, what would happen if the button wasn't there? Mm -hmm. Like The button's yours. The button doesn't belong to the people around you. And so I think it's about getting conscious and saying, wow, how old is this button? How does it serve mm -hmm. me? Mm -hmm. How can I unpack it? And just really allowing that, which then again raises your energy. Once you release that lower energy, you're now at a different space that you can interpret and vibrate at a higher capacity. Yeah, you, you, you got uh, 20 seconds, Jody. So <laughs> just briefly tell us where can people find more of you? Absolutely. I think my Instagram is attached here. Um, my name is Jody Gibson. You can also find me at jodygibson.com or jodygibson.coach. 
Um, thank you so much. This was amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jody. This, this was wonderful to hear from you uh, early morning. What a way to start the day. And what is the, res what is the resonance we're creating here as we all are turning our attention to something greater, the freedom we have, the freedom to choose our world, the freedom to create our world. And Dr. Rao is back. So thank you for waiting and coming back, Dr. Rao. Yeah, I was listening to Jody. Uh, I know of her because I have been in her room also a couple of times. I want to expand on what she talked about, the love, and also a practical way of looking at this, you know. Um, there is this uh, physics, physics model, uh, which is mechanical, based on which uh, most of the modern medicine uh, is delivering care, including myself, because we cater to the organs and we kind of uh, specialize in studying the organ function and then figure out everything. And we kind of uh, repair the physical body and also um, in the modern medicine, psychiatry is kind of divided uh, away from the body. But in uh, ancient practices where the holistic, what they said was, more like uh, everything is together, you know, it's not like, uh, um, uh, it's not like uh, uh, one thing uh, above other, right? So the latest physics says um, we are all one energy, unified field of theory, right? And the blockages is where consciousness is manifesting, body and mind is the eastern view, Whereas Western view is like a mechanical body, physical body of brain is producing the consciousness. There's a hard problem of consciousness where how can uh, uh, the physical body can spark this uh, first-hand experience of mind, the qualia we're talking about, right? The, uh, the point I want to make with Jody's comment of love is there is something called observer is the observed. So we build up an observer based on our thoughts and culture and societies and whatever education, that we were made to believe that we are body-mind complex. And that's why we miss our essential part, which is the loving, uh, always uh, accepting presence, because you are me, that's the unified field of theory. Then how can I separate you from me? And then also see all those... Uh, uh, samskaras, we call it, uh, in the mind that we form about other people, we don't identify. There's a clash of the samskaras. That's where the love is lost. But if you know that pure energy behind the mind is us, then we are united there. Then there is no observer there. So observer, really understanding how the observer is formed and how observer analyzes other people. For example, I have patients, they're coming to me, right? When I look at them, I don't want to look at the superficial differences, like uh, the sex difference, the country, the culture, the language, and all of that. I go deep into the awareness mode where they are and me are the same. That is one thing we both have the same. We are aware, we are conscious, right? So once I'm there, with the use of my Indian greeting of Namaste, which tells us, I am identifying the divinity within you, which is giving life to you all. And I have the same thing. My divinity is prostrating to your divinity, irrespective of whatever status they have. So there we are united in the love. So 
Gyan, that we are all that awareness that purifies our minds and that emanates the love because there is no difference. And then that leads to peace and sukhsantosh, welfare and contentment, happiness. And all these qualities, the gyan, the purity, the prem, the love, and also the uh, uh, peace and uh, welfare and happiness, they all result in uh, strength that is beyond the physical and the mental. Actually, self-realization men, Bhupender, are the highest in the physical and mental health because you have no movement of thought unnecessarily. So that, that's what I teach in my yoga class in the morning, deep breathe and be here and now and do asanas all in, in a way. So when they go back to the whatever they do, because of the deep breathing, parasympathetic nervous system activated, you are less reactive in your encounters. You respond to this, but then you are always aware of the movement of thought being really in your control. That's a very healthy situation because you can direct those thoughts toward more positivity. Anything negative, you can convert because you have slowed them down and you have identified them. And then you can say, that's in yoga called Pratipaksha Bhavana. You can cognitively reframe them. So the moment you've made everything positive, hopeful, optimistic, grateful, um, and the very appreciative of the abundance you have, all those positives come, you can direct those positives towards your goals too. So that's what I wanted to say uh, following Jody's comment about love and uh, uh, how it is. In the physics also accepts that. That observer that we build up, like a ego or the personality, is the one that is reviving us from somebody else. But when we go and hug somebody, we are coming to the unity closer. That's when we feel very good. So unselfish work, people really taking care of other people or doing some um, work for the, um, you know, orphans or anybody, it makes you so much better because you are giving out of your heart, not expecting anything in return that is really demanded by the mind. So yes. I want to add that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Rao. This is a lot of information that you shared in few minutes. And it this really requires self-reflection on part of the uh, audience or someone who's listening here. And it is by itself a meditation when we comprehend words of wisdom. And then the key part is to apply them in our lives. And once we have that experience, that is actually called experiential wisdom. And Dr. Rao seems to have that. Otherwise, he just popped out of the blue and he's like an open book here. And what I heard say him, he is a doctor of internal medicine. He has the mindset that was provided through his formal education, but he never disconnected from his roots. And when he connects with someone at the physical level, he tries to connect at the consciousness level first. And when you're connected with someone at that consciousness level, you are in this place of selfless service, or you are your selfless self. And that selfless self has all these qualities of compassion, of love. Then you're really serving without 
an expectation that monkey mind in that moment has just receded and you don't feel less or more than anyone else. As he said, he does not treat people based on their appearance. For them, it's, it's actually this doctor is seeing his own reflection in the people who come into his office and that is so beautiful and that's so powerful. Uh, if you were local in my town, you will be my family doctor, Dr. Rao, but <laughs> uh, we, we, we are at a distance. Um, so where are you located? Uh, uh, I am uh, in uh, Iowa. Um, okay. Okay. I have been here for since 96. Uh, before that, I was in New York and Chicago. Um, but m- most of my practice had been in the United States. But I okay. have lost my contact with India and also all the readings too. Only one thing I will say and, uh, and here is uh, uh, this is like a satsang. People with, uh, um, you know, who are exploring the truth. We are kind of coming together. I am really pleased about that. And also... Uh, I'm a scientist and also a technologist with my master's in biomedical informatics and also a yoga practitioner. The difference is, as a scientist, I study the objects outside. Mm-hmm. Thought is also outside to me, objective. That's why it's so much easier. That came from the yoga background. As a technologist, I use the tools that I developed through the science. But as a yoga practitioner, what you said was absolute experiential knowledge. It's not just repeating something scholastic or some erudition or some kind of shrewdness or cleverness. You have to experience these things inside and that becomes a really a part of your entire life. And you read me very correctly. Thank you, Bhupender. And then I'm on the clubhouse several uh, in the morning I do the yoga and the evening. I do hacks from ancient wisdom for modern stresses, 8 p.m. Central Time. Otherwise, I come on several clubs and I participate. Thank you for um, uh, meeting you today and then um, I will be in touch. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Rao, for your time and your words of wisdom. Hopefully, um, the listeners um, became more curious if you have not uh, heard about this wisdom and also some of the words that Dr. Rao used. Uh, they are from the Eastern languages. Uh, one word he uses, he, he said, this is satsang. So satsang um, at the physical level is sitting in company of someone who's holy or sacred. But what we're talking about here is we need to move beyond our physical bodies. And in fact, wisdom app, we are not meeting in the physical world. We are meeting at the level of the mind. And Sat means the eternal truth. The eternal truth means something that takes me in the direction of realization that I'm eternal being, which means turning our attention inwards. So that's the Sat word means. Sung means in the company of, not physically, at the level of mind. What it really does is, when we come together, have these, this dialogue, not a monologue, a dialogue. And that's what you see happen this morning. I started off by saying the story of a boxed man means the man who's limited. And these limits have been voluntarily 
I have imposed on myself. I don't blame anyone for that. And when we are company of this Sat, this eternal truth, at the level of mind, we have a dialogue, we comprehend. And then we take the essence, what's the lesson from there? What is the actionable item out of this? Then I go apply in my daily life, practicality. And from that, what I learn is called experiential wisdom. It's not from a textbook. It's not from listening from someone. That's a parrot. And when we borrow this wisdom from others, we try to defend someone we have not met. And we get irritated if someone challenges what we're saying because we don't know the depth of what we're saying. So the call here is, this is satsang. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about someone else. When the doctor, in this case, Dr. Ra was treating his patients, he was one with them. He has removed himself from that scenario. The self-centered self is gone. He has unboxed himself. And from that place, selfless service arises. Otherwise, when we are boxed, means when we think or believe, we are this physical body, and there are two limits of this box when I think I'm this physical body. One is called birth, the second is called death. And a person who is boxed in this body is bound to remain in fear, is bound to be in a rush, is bound to believe life is short, is bound to be stressed. Because that very pain of being in this box with the starting point of birth and death is pain. That pain is essentially telling us something. Means we need to return to our natural state of being. Living within limits. Thinking I am limited is painful. Physically, and then the second one is the mind-body. It has limits. Thoughts also rise and fall. And on average, in a human mind, about 70 to 90,000 thoughts are born and they die. And when I identify myself with that thought, I'm in a box. And when someone disagrees with me, I feel rejected. That is being in that box. I'm identifying myself with that thought. That thought I call the mindset. I'm an engineer. That's a mindset. I'm a podcast show host. It's a mindset. And we acquire these different mindsets. We move from one box to the next box. The box could be bigger. If you're the richest man, being rich, having those physical assets is a mindset. It has limits. Your wealth can be measured. It can depreciate. 
You could lose it or you could have more, but still it is limited, it is measurable. And our association and identification with this box limits us. It takes us away from our natural self. And I have Dr. Elizabeth here this morning. What a wonderful woman she is. So I'm going to let you uh, speak, Dr. Elizabeth. Oh, good morning, Bubinder. Good morning. I'm so happy. I just turned on my phone and I saw that you were on and just wanted to come in and say good morning to you and thank you for all of your wisdom and insight. So would you like to add some golden nuggets to this treasure? <laughs> oh, well, you know, you are, you are the poet. Of, <laughs> <laughs> truly, you are. You know, I just, all I can add is to walk humbly upon this earth and to listen deeply. That is also very powerful to be able to listen, to tune in. And I'm going to share something real quick here. I, I start my day by connecting with myself. Um, and when I was, as you said, listening, what I heard that voice tell me is this universe, there is a music happening here. Everything is a song. It is singing to us. And we simply need to tune into it. And that singing is the wisdom we are talking about. That music is the music of wisdom. And I, heard, and I heard that this morning. And I normally don't do the talks in the morning. But I felt I need to be out here and start off from where we are as a boxed man, I call it, means we have limited ourselves. We are not able to tune in to what is our higher self, what is called consciousness, what is our true nature, and we are stuck in so many different mindsets, they all have limits. And as long as we remain in these boxes, which is our mind manifesting as different set of thoughts, we have not connected with the universe. We have not connected with ourselves. We are not being able to connect with others because this is the door we need to walk through. The door is me. I need to walk through me. I need to walk through these two boxes, which is first my physical body, the second box is my mind, and I have to find out where are these two boxes. And that's when we find, I, I don't know what to call it, that space called, let's call it that space. So in that space, there are multiple boxes. There's so many minds here, so many physical bodies there. And we have to walk through these two, two boxes, we have to unpack and then we will reach this place, let's call it the selfless self or consciousness, where we all are one. And let's hold that 
our attention to that and then venture out into the world. Yes. And I remember you said a few days ago, you were talking about the ocean. Can you come back to that for a moment where the waves themselves, the waves that we see, and then the deeper part where we're all connected? Sure. So what I said the other day is we all humans are like the waves on a surface of an ocean. And for whatever reason, we have come to the conclusion that there is no ocean. And in that moment, we are not only separated from ourselves, we are separated from each other. Even though the separation does not exist, if you, if, if you picture a wave which can only exist on the surface of the ocean, but if the wave is believe, believing it is on a freeway, it's an illusion. Mm. It's an illusion or it's a belief, and it needs to be put on test. The test is, I need to look at myself starting with the physical body. Okay, what does a physical body mean? I have a form, I have a size, I have a shape. That is the wave, that's the outer surface of the wave. And now this wave says, okay, am I this physical body or I am in this physical body? Huh, let's explore that. This is called going in. We hear this word a lot, but the practicality we need to explore. So going in means I'm trying to understand myself. So when this wave looks further inwards, beyond the surface, beyond our physical body, we are going to find out these eyes, ears, and so on, are windows and doors in this house I live in. And I go stand behind these windows. And then I'm, if I stand behind these eyes, right now you are standing behind your ears. But you are also standing behind the windows called the eyes, that's why you are able to drive. I think you are driving. I am, yes. Yes. So you are at two places. See your, see your ability? Yes. And when, when you get into your office or wherever you stop, you don't need to look through the eyes as much. You can just be behind these ears. So what I'm saying is, the wave finds out, I am not this form, I am not this physical body, but I am inside this. I am that water. Wow, I am that water, huh, okay, then I will say, that water, that mind, where did that mind come from? Where are my thoughts coming from? What is the source of these thoughts? And this is only possible, this internal voyage, or I call pilgrimage, I have to remain detached. I don't have, if I identify myself with any of these, I'm like a swimmer who is bound to drown. A swimmer is able to swim because the swimmer remains detached to the water. 
So we have to remain detached, not identify ourselves with either the physical body, then we will find I am this in this physical body, then I will find I am this thought, then I will say, where did this thought come from? What is the source of this thought? What is the source of this water? And if we go further, we're going to find out, wow, the, the water is actually the ocean. Oh, my essence is water. The essence of ocean is also water. And the other wave called Dr. Elizabeth is no different than me. And at that point, we lose our identity as that wave. I might look like a wave, but I know who I am. I am that ocean. I am that seeking. I am the one I was looking for. But I was looking outward. I just need to turn inward in that moment. We are all one. Mm. Oh, Bupendra, this was so beautiful. As always, you touch my heart and inspire me in places where there are no words. And I simply want to thank you. I've, I've now arrived at my destination, but even more, you have nourished me deeply in this drive and and I whoever is listening I am most grateful to you and encourage everyone to be following you because this app doesn't allow us to do a search so people will need to follow you in order to find you again and for all that you share with us I mean finding you in in ways that we also find our way home to ourselves is really what I mean yeah, thank, thank you for your kind words. They speak volumes about who you are. So thank you for being you, and thank you for coming to this space and, and, and allowing me to share. Of course. I will always be here to support you, Bubinder. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank and you. And have, have a beautiful day. Yes, you too. So that was Dr. Elizabeth, and we... uh, or Dr. Rao actually mentioned the word satsang. And this was actually a satsang. In fact, this whole conversation is a satsang. We are talking about the truth. And as we dialogue, we bring each other, we inspire each other to move a step closer to our true self, to our true nature. And when we unpack as this physical body, as this mind, we are healing. We are that limitless happiness that we are seeking, but we are seeking outwards. There's nothing wrong with do, doing that. Call it a grand experiment you are doing, but do it well. No matter what you're doing, do it well. Challenge yourself. If you think, if you believe, the outward world will give you happiness, you need to go do it. Or you can choose to learn from someone who has already done it. It's your choice. It's not about being right or wrong. It's not about being spiritual or otherwise. It's about acknowledging who you are. It's about acknowledging that you are part of a grand experiment. And this experiment is seeking happiness. 
happiness that comes from itself. Happiness that does not require a thing. Happiness that's not conditional. And that is actually within all of us. We are those waves, but in reality, our higher self, which some people call consciousness, that's what we are. And when we discover or realize that we are limitless, we are not boxed, we are free. We are free to create the world of our choice. As Miss Jody mentioned, we have that power, we have that freedom. We just need to allow ourselves to create that word, world. Means choose the thoughts that serve you. Listen to yourself. All it needs is a simple pause. Try it. Take a step back. There's no rush. We don't need to arrive somewhere right now. There's so many things that can wait today. Prioritize what is essential and you will create that space, that time within you that you think you don't have. And use that time to do one thing, to seek yourself. You are actually that treasure you're looking outside. Like that deer who's looking, chasing that musk, but the pod is inside the deer. That's what we all are. So with that, I like to wrap up today's talk. This was really enriching. And to hear from three wonderful people, it is amazing. And please do follow all three of them, Miss Jody, Dr. Rao, and Dr. Elizabeth. They added to this treasure. So with that, have a wonderful day. Let's unbox. Thank you.